Welcome to the first episode of the Behind the Note podcast. To start, let me explain what Behind the Note is. It is an organization focused on bringing the art of music therapy back into communities and schools to lessen heightened stress and anxiety depression levels these past few years have caused. So today I'm here with my AP psychology teacher, Mr. Keene. Hi, thanks for having me. All right, so we already listened to a lot of music, so why not see how it helps and how we can use it? We are currently centered in Nassau County, but we will consider expanding more in the future. What is music therapy? So music therapy aims to utilize music in all of its forms to help people deal with anxiety, whether it be academic, social, emotional, or in everyday life. So you pretty much hit the nail on the head right there. Um, Music is a great source to use to unwind and relax. So why don't we go into a little bit more about how it's used? So we can utilize music in a number of ways. I think as, as an athlete, we might use music to help motivate us or relax us after a contest. As a student, we might utilize music to help us study and relax and maintain focus. And I think we all kind of use, utilize music to help improve our mood um, and uh, improve our overall well-being. Yeah, I see a lot of students in my classes listening to music while they're studying. Um, if I'm not mistaken, it helps with memory. Yes, yeah, so what we talk about is something called state-dependent memories, so that your memories can be based on an emotion or state that you were in. So certain songs might trigger an emotional response based on when you first heard that music. So for example, we could talk about a husband and wife's wedding song and how that day should hopefully bring positive, happy emotions. Hearing that song later on in life can trigger those same emotions in the individual. So would you say certain songs have a tendency to release dopamine and serotonin in the brain? Absolutely, and you can notice that especially during certain genres of music, for example, poppy type music, you know, you think of the the Taylor Swift's of the world, that a lot of the music and the notes in the background are meant to elicit that, that dopamine release in individuals. So songs such as Love Story might elicit a reaction where a lot of people would generally start to get excited when they hear the song. Absolutely. So music like that would elicit a certain amount of emotions versus someone like Metallica administering a different amount of emotions because obviously of their intense chords and the very loud nature of their music. So let's get into a little bit about illnesses and how music can help treat them. Do you know anything about how music can help Alzheimer's and dementia patients? So I could talk specifically from experience here, as my own grandmother suffered with dementia and and we moved her to a memory rehab center. And the goal of the memory rehab center was to try to trigger memories of her past. So they would play Frank Sinatra music, they would have photographs and uh, television programs all from her youth and her childhood to try to bring or jog back memories from the past. So why specifically use music for that kind of therapy, relieving memories? Music is a safe way. There's really no overdosing. There's no worry about harm that can be caused from long-term exposure to it. I think we live in a generation where we're now looking to find alternatives to medication because of the long-term effects, and music is is generally safe. If it doesn't work, there's not long-term damage to the individual. Also, cost. It is something that's cheap, it's accessible, it's easy, and it's something that we could do in a formal setting at a hospital or in one's own home. 
So would you say music literally builds connections and pathways in your brain? Yeah, and anything that we do and we repeat over time is going to help build those connections. And if memories are associated with certain songs, that could certainly help. So, for example, if you always listen to the same music while you're studying, that music could help improve your performance on the day of an exam. Right. So would playing an instrument do the same thing because you're multitasking and it's just developing your brain? Yeah, on a separate note, there is a lot of evidence that suggests that people that play multiple instruments actually are going to improve their overall intellectual ability and their memory because their brain is now utilizing other parts that would not be active had they not been an instrumental. So Vivaldi would be a brain fitness expert. Exactly. Right. So when did when do you think music therapy became popular? Because it's definitely a rising field now. Yeah, I think that this is definitely new. Um, when I was in high school, it certainly was something that I'm sure people were aware of, but didn't have a name. So I would say over the past five years, it's been getting more and more popularity. And I know that as a teacher, it's actually been discussed a little bit with us. And I see some of my colleagues actually utilizing music in that transition time between periods to help ease kids into their classroom or also using some sort of music in the background while kids are doing worksheets or, or private independent work. So let's go a little bit into that. How do you see kids utilizing music in the classroom? So I can see this multitude of ways. I've never been a teacher that has prohibited my kids from wearing their AirPods um, while they're doing independent work, and I know that for some kids that helps them. So one simple example is I know that there's a lot of distractions in an everyday classroom, if I decide, hey, today we're going to work on these three worksheets, if you want to put your headset in and listen to music and that helps you focus, that's one way of doing it. Another example is to help ease emotions. So a lot of kids struggle with just anxiety of coming to school and walking into a classroom with calm, relaxing music might ease that transition very much like a hospital or a, um, a public building would play kind of elevator background music. So many studies have shown that if you were to listen to music while studying, if you were to play that song back while taking the test, you would most likely remember more of the information. Do you condone music during test taking? Yeah, the only issue with that is now we have to be consistent with how everyone has studied in the first place. If I can replicate a way where all my students studied under the same conditions with the same music, then obviously that would, that would be beneficial. The other thing to keep in mind is that this doesn't work for everybody just like any other type of treatment. So there might be some students that need complete silence to do well on an exam and music might just cause them more stress. But I, I, I do see that there is growing acceptance toward utilizing music more in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So what do you do whenever you make lesson plans or whenever you have time to yourself? What music do you listen to? So there's definitely different types of genres that I will listen to based on what my goal is. So if I'm exercising, um, I definitely want more intense, um, you know, kind of upbeat, loud, um, angry music, uh, 90s rock, if you will, uh, representing my age, I think, a little bit. But I want music that's going to motivate me to want to work harder. That'll be very, very different than when I'm trying to focus on preparing lessons for school or even grading papers. I find that for me, um, dead silence is actually more of a distraction to me than the music. So I like having, you know, c some calm country music. I love Dave Matthews band when I'm grading too. There's a lot of soft jazz type elements to Dave Matthews. Not a lot of singing words because what I don't want to do is get caught up singing along and being distracted from mm -hmm. grading my work. But I do find that I'm more efficient when I'm trying to do schoolwork while listening to music.
it. That would make a lot of sense, seeing as that's the pattern that's being reflected off of you. I'm assuming other faculty, students, my friends. It's definitely a big trend, um, myself included. Yeah, I, I would say you'd be hard-pressed to walk around a library anywhere in the country and not see kids with AirPods in, listen to some sort of music while they're doing their homework, listening, or um, doing whatever it is they're doing at the library. So it seems like music has taken the world by storm. Music therapy is just emerging at a tremendous rate. Where do you see us in the future? So I definitely think this is something that's starting much more at a younger age. I know that my wife, uh, who is an elementary teacher, her previous school actually was called the Voice Charter School, and they had a requirement where every day ended with one hour of music. Every student, regardless of their talent, had to be involved in some sort of musical aspect. That school's ethos was that music helps students in their social-emotional well-being. And it was kind of a uh, therapy, if you will, for all those kids uh, to come off of a long day of school and relax with that positive experience. And I think the school's mindset was, no matter what you're doing academically, we want you to leave all feeling the same way, and that is positively based on the music that they were singing. Happened to also be very talented as well, but these were kids that came from a rough background, so I think the music really helped them. So how would you say the newer generation would grow up now that this is an option as a form of therapy? So it's the ease of access to music. I mean, when I was a kid, if I wanted to listen to a certain song, I couldn't. I had to wait for it to come on the radio. Um, there was no Google, there was no, hey, Alexa, play Taylor Swift. So I think your generation's ease of access to any sort of genre of music makes this much more accessible to our everyday life. I will say the first thing I do when I come home is I tell Alexa to turn on and play music while I'm cooking, while I'm making, doing dishes, while I'm helping my son and daughter with their homework. And I know they've even now at six and four years old, they also will tell Alexa to play music that they want based on their moods as well. Mm -hmm. So kids have that freedom to decide what music they want to listen to, which can reflect their mood, and thus be another way of sharing what they're thinking. You think music can help with open communication? 100%. I mean, it's, it's very interesting when my four-year-old daughter in the middle of the summer is asking Alexa to play Feliz Navidad. Um, it's also interesting to see kind of what they what direction they'll go But I think what's important is to allow that creativity as another form of expression um, I think our music is often a way to connect us We look at certain musicians that are generational like for example the Beatles have been around for a long time And there's something that maybe parents can connect to their children by listening to that music And we can do the next the next thing moving forward with the future generation like the unscripted messages behind music and also music produced by people of certain ethnicities and religious ethnicities and religions that could also share a message to the community you think music can help spread education in a way that teaching and um, schools can't i will say as a as a student who grew up going to high school in the 90s my teachers were not so much the people in the classroom they were Kurt Cobain and Billy Joe Armstrong and um, Anthony Kiedis and the musicians I listened to because the messages and the words in their songs is what I identified with. And I think there's a million of people coming around the country. I mean, one of Eminem's songs is all about a generation of people that are listening and following everything he does.
I think many musicians have that platform. Some utilize it better than others. Um, you could look at, for example, Sam Smith right now and Harry Styles using it to talk about gender fluidity and, and, and so forth. And that's a, a platform that is cross-cultural as well as cross-generational. So music, listening to music, can be a form of therapy. But what about those who write the music? How do they convey their thoughts and emotions? So this past Sunday on 60 Minutes, they had an episode on the Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Red Hot Chili Peppers is a band of three 60-plus-year-olds and one 50-year-old, and they're still writing music, and they were very, very popular in the 90s and 2000s, remain popular. And they talk about how many of them in the band have actually struggled with addiction, and one of them actually overdosed on heroin, is no longer with the band, one of the lead guitarists back in the 90s. And they talk about how, for them, their, their music, their words, was a form of therapy, that it was able to speak their emotion and also help others that might also be struggling with the same addictions and afflictions that they themselves had ran into. Right, so like how Taylor Swift would write about her teenage angst, this is what other artists would do to help relieve some of their own emotions and their own troubles that they're dealing with in their life. They would write it in their songs. And, and millions of other of young girls and boys listen to a song like 13 by Taylor Swift and say, oh my God, she gets me. I'm not alone, that's what my life is like, and so therefore I identify with this musician. So it wouldn't even always just be clinical therapy, it could also just be a way to comfort yourself, just to listen to music and know that other people are also dealing with what you're dealing with and their form of therapy or their form of relieving themselves of their inner pain is helping others too. So would you say that this is a very continuous cycle that could just easily spin off? 100% and I think it doesn't have to always be formal. It doesn't have to always be clinical and done in a medical setting by a doctor. Um, there's something very um, cathartic about let's say teenagers that one of the friends in the group experienced a breakup and her friends get her over on a Friday and they blast music and sing in karaoke and that helps them kind of relieve a little bit of stress and tension and feel a lot better over the heartbreak that they have over their breakup. Yeah, that happens a lot in movies. In the cinematic universe, there's a lot of examples where people use music as a, kind of a main character theme song or also music to get over breakups like you said. Um, do you think that the way that the media portrays the usage of music is not only accurate accurate in real life, but also a way that we can model our own usage? Yeah, I mean, we have to always be careful. And I, as I referenced Eminem earlier, he makes a lot of references in his songs that sometimes I'm just writing a song and it's not real. He has a song called Stan about a fan who follows him and tries to be like him. And he's like, I'm just joking. These are my words in a song. They're not real. Um, kind of like a movie would be. Kind of like a movie would be, too. But I also think that the media realizes the value. Jaws is not scary without the soundtrack to go along with it. Um, a lot of uh, Jurassic Park has an iconic score that went along with it. And there are great music, mus uh, musical scores that go along with great movies that we associate. The Star Wars theme song, for example. Right. So this has just been such a great conversation. If someone wanted to learn more about music therapy, where can you suggest that they go? 
So there's lots of informal and formal ways to do this, but I think the most important thing that we can utilize is exploring what works best for you. Um, when it comes to listening to music, there's lots of resources online where if you Googled musical therapy, you'd find lots of different research um, um, topics and, and articles, but that's on the formal end. If you wanted to go more informal, you know, you just ask your peers, hey, what are you listening to? What's popular? What's going on right now? Hey Alexa, play me the top 20 songs right now and, and see how that impacts you. Thank you so much for joining me here today and thank you everyone for listening. Please tune in to the next episode of the Behind the Note podcast.